Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the cowlot.com. You've heard me talk about them on the podcast before. I had the owner, Glenn Orms, on the show. If you're looking for a new cowboy hat, and I know you are because you're listening to this podcast, the cowlot is the place to go. Glenn is uh, a stickler for getting you the right fit and getting you the right shape and customer satisfaction and service is the utmost of importance to those folks over there so head over to the cowlot.com order yourself a new lid you're gonna love it uh, tell them Dan at the modern cowboy podcast sent you hey cowboys and cowgirls today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Canyon coolers Canyon Coolers sells ridiculously cold and seriously tough roto molded coolers they have a lifetime warranty and long-lasting ice retention and innovative designs as a matter of fact, you might be surprised to find out that Canyon Coolers held ice significantly longer than Yeti Tundra in a five-day ice challenge performed by CoolersOnSale.com. I recently had the CEO, Jason Costello, on the podcast, and Jason describes himself as an ice retention expert, and that's what he delivers in his uh, coolers. He's also an avid river runner and outdoorsman. Canyon Coolers sells two series of coolers, Pro Series, which is their flagship series, and then their Outfitter Series, which is their classic and original design. They range in sizes from 22 quarts to 150 quarts, and they are headquartered in Flagstaff, Arizona. So do yourself a favor. Keep your beer and your food cold. Head on over to CanyonCoolers.com. Get yourself a new cooler, and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. I want to give a big shout out to my wife, uh, Stephanie. Steph's just she's got a real love for people. And back in 2018, she had an idea. She wanted to start a company where she could find a way to bring hope and encouragement along with giving from the heart to others. After a couple years of just trying to figure out and, and a lot of prayer, she's finally had launched it now and she kicked it off with uh, with a graphic tea. And this tea is called the Stacy's Tea. It's inspired by uh, her good friend Stacy, who was diagnosed with stage four cancer. She's a single mom with five kids. So it's a really cool tea. You can go to www.perseveranceu.com, and that's the word perseverance with the letter U at dot com, uh, and you can see the tea. 100% of the profits go to Stacy and her family. There's, there'll, there'll be more of these inspirational teas to come. They'll be named after actual real people that are fighting the fights of life that we all have. I don't know anyone whose lives haven't been affected by cancer or some type of horrific disease or illness. So check that out. And, and if you're able to help, you get a, a great tea. And we just ask that you would keep Stacy and her family in your prayers. But you don't get this way from backing up. Not everyone can hang on tight. A cowboy can, a cowboy can, a real cowboy will turn his collar up high with his back to the wind and slang that saddle on. And that was Josh Ward with the Cowboy Can. Super excited to have Josh on the podcast today. Interesting story before before I bring him on is uh, 
I'd reached out to him to get him on the podcast. And as a lot of you know, regular listeners, I have several different businesses and things I do, and I'm always busy. And so I'm out the other day, and I'm, I'm, I've got some work going on. I'd had to make, make a call and do some stuff. And all of a sudden, I get this phone number comes up on my, uh, on my phone, and I thought, oh, this is a, this is a fire I got to put out. And uh, I don't procrastinate on stuff like that, man. The phone rings, and I know I got to deal with something. I'm going to deal with it. And I answer the phone, and the guy goes, hey, Dan, this is Josh Ward. And I just like – a lot of people listening to my podcast know that I always get starstruck, and I'm like, holy crap, Josh Ward's calling me. <laughs> and so <laughs> anyway, man, I was super excited to to talk with him, and, and we got it set up, and, and I'm just uh, really grateful he's he's able to take the time to be on the podcast today. So everybody just help me welcome uh, – Josh to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Morning, Josh. Morning. How y'all doing? Good, good, man. We talked a little bit the other day, just briefly. Uh, I, so I just want to give a little background on, on like how I found out about you and your music. I actually, I think it was 2012 was the first time uh, I'd, mm-hmm. uh, I'd heard a song by you. It was Hard Whiskey is what it was. And, oh, wow. <laughs> and, and, and I absolutely just fell in love with with everything with your voice with the songs the production i mean that i i remember just listening to to that to that album and just going man this i can't believe how great this music sounds and and that was a time when i was i just really kind of getting introduced to uh like some texas music and stuff and then and then i i looked you up and i saw you and i go this dude's legit man i mean this guy's this guy's a cowboy and just this it was just such a uh i don't know Music again is is it's lifeblood for a lot of people. It's lifeblood for for me, and you know, you just uh, you have memories based on songs and things, and so that's one of the things about your music that got me too. It brought me back to so many different times in my life. So like, I got I got to tell these stories real quick just to kind of set a background. But your song, the rain out hangout. We had mm-hmm. a place when I was a kid growing up called the Ranch Cafe. I, I, my dad was in construction. He was a builder, and I worked in construction from when I was young. And, and go there when it, we used to go there in the morning real early before work a lot of times. But then if it rained, that's where we'd go afterwards, and we'd drink coffee and smoke uh, Marlboro Reds, you know. And, and <laughs> so, you know, I, I hear that song, though, man, and it's like it just reminded me of that time, and it brought me back. But then your music, too, is just so, was so current and relevant and new it was like just just literally amazing i mean i just i just absolutely loved it and then over the years here now you know you've come out with i mean just hit after hit after hit and something else about your music too and again i'm just i'm i'm bragging on you here your albums it's it's like you know a lot of times you used to buy an album and there'd be a good song on it or maybe two good songs but every one of your songs is amazing on your albums and uh i i just i love that about your music and and uh about you and and it's just i'm just thrilled to have you on and another thing too before before you called in um i was here and i put my headphones on and i was singing into my mic because i can hear it back and it kind of <laughs> kind of sounds like you can almost sing but i'm singing your music into my mic and then all of a sudden bling bling you you ringed in and i'm like i'm glad i had that on mute but anyway i i i had to, i had to say all that just to to give a little background on on how i found out about you and your music and and just how cool it is and now I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you and and let you tell us about you and what what you've got going on now and uh, and and just some background on you and history on you and how you got started in music. Man, I I appreciate that, Dan. It's uh, you know, to to write a song that that many years ago and 
you know, as a as a young young cat coming up in the business, you know, you you never know what your songs are gonna go do. And, and you know, I've I've always told people I wrote that song. <clears throat> how long ago was that, babe? Long time ago. Uh, I started writing that song and. It was in a trailer house in Shepherd, Texas, when we lived on the farm up there in Shepherd. And uh, I wrote the first part of Hard Whiskey, and I hated it. And I put it in the in my sock drawer, and come back a year later and finish the song. Uh, once once I got a little bit more songwriting, uh, you know, uh, influence underneath my belt there. But uh, man, it's a uh, a song made me a, made me a little bit of money and. Uh, travel with me all through my all through my career. We still play it every night, you know, that we step on stage. And you know, that was that was early 2012 that that record um, even came to life, you know. Um, right. But um, you know, it's it, we we have the best job in the world. Sometimes I need to I need to pinch myself and tell myself, hey man, we we really get to go out here and do this for fun, you know. Uh, make a living doing it but um you know you were talking about the rain out hangout uh, i try to write songs that are that have meaning to them that have substance um, right. and with that being said you know i'm not gonna i'm not ever gonna record a song or or play a song that i haven't lived before um, right. the the rain out hangout was an actual bar it was in uh <laughs> they called it Black Cat Ridge. It was down there uh, off of off of one of one of the back roads in Huffman, Texas. And uh, man, it was a it was a rough joint. Um, but uh, that's where all my uncles and and my older cousins they go they go drink beer and um, rain out, hang out. Man, when when you get rained out in the logging woods or or on the pipeline, that's that's where you went, you know. And right. you, like you said, you you'd either drink coffee or drink beer and smoke Marlboro Reds all day and, <laughs> until it quit raining, you know. Talk about what you're going to do tomorrow, but uh, yeah, man, that that was a lot of fun to to write that when I wrote that with uh, Jody Booth and John Slaughter, um, and we actually wrote it in the back of a uh, a bar. <laughs> <laughs> we were in a green room at a bar and said, "Hey, let's." let's write a song about a bar. And I was like, I got it right now. Hang out. So, uh, man, it's, uh, you know, the, it, it, like I said, it, it, that many years ago, I mean, it's, it's like, wow, it seems like yesterday these songs came out. And right. like I said, it's like, it's like raising your kids up and hoping and praying to God you did it right. And you're sending them out into the world to, to go do good things. And, and, uh, man here here they are with number ones and and uh you know the rest of the world loving them you never plan on that you know i right. mean even even as a writer i don't i've never planned on you know hey i'm gonna set this song out as a single and it's gonna go do this and i'm i'm that kind of guy that i go in and i handpick every song that i write or or even if i didn't write it i'll i'll record a song that means something Right. Now put it on that record and go, you know what? I hope everybody loves this thing as much as I did, you know, right. did making it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's fun doing this for a living. Um, it, it has had its ups and downs. Uh, Lord, Lord knows being in the music business ain't ever easy. It's about like doing cowboy work for a living. 
Um, sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's fun and it don't pay a whole lot and you don't mind it. And then, uh, sometimes it's rough and it don't pay at all. And, and you're like, man, why am I doing this? But something just keeps drawing you back. You don't, you don't know if it's the, if it's the smell of the coffee in the morning or a good old sweaty horse, you know I mean? That's, that's kind of what cowboys live for, you know? Um, but, uh, music's about the same boat. Uh, it's, it's just about like being a cowboy for real. It's, uh, it's a, it's not an easy life by any means. Uh, uh, I remember when, when I first started this, this, uh, this dream of mine, um, many, many years ago. I mean, we played, we played bar rooms with, with literally chicken wire on the stage. Um, you know, I've, I've watched my wife roll, roll change to, uh, for me to get down the road to pay for fuel. That way we can pay the guys, you know, um, seeing it all in between, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, I wouldn't trade it for a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, cause I've got to go and, see some of the prettiest country in the world and meet some of the coolest people I've ever met, uh, being in the music business. And, uh, a lot of people asked me, I said, well, what's it like? And I said, dude, I'm just like everybody else. I'm a normal guy with a cool job title. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's, it's funny you say that because when I, you know, like I said, when I first heard your music and then looked you up, I, I, I thought that I thought, man, this, this guy is just a legit, you know, cowboy, but he's got the voice of an angel and, and just talent, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, crazy, crazy talent. And so the other thing too, is uh, let's talk about when you wrote uh, hard whiskey. Okay. You said you started that, you put it in your sock drawer, waited a year. Now you had an album that I found out later that came out in 2007 that had hard whiskey on it. And that album had a lot of the other songs on it, but it was produced completely different than the 2012 album. Yeah, that was, uh, that was one of those, um, we recorded an eight song EP mm-hmm. with that song on there and some of the others that I wrote. And, uh, man, I was still trying to, still trying to find myself there. Right. You know, I didn't, I didn't know who I, who I wanted to be, you know, as right. far as in the music business. I mean, everybody else was kind of playing, you know, some more rocked up stuff and I was caught somewhere between. You know, as my old buddy Dustin Sonia would say, Haggard and Jones. Uh, right. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's one of those things that, that you know, uh, and all these guys that were playing, you know, the Wade Bowens, the Stoney LaRue's, the Cross Canadian Ragweeds. I, I love all those guys, man. They're, they're right. great friends of mine. But, you know, I came from a background to where it was, you know, starch jeans, cowboy hat cowboy boots, um, that kind of thing. And, um, I was just trying to fit in and really didn't know where to fit in. Um, and one day, um, the light bulb came on and it said, Hey dude, go cut your hair and put your hat back on and start just being you cut the music you want to cut, you know, play the songs you want to play. And, we we came back and it was like i don't know i don't know i guess everybody goes through this phase you know but mine mine was very short-lived as far as like trying to 
trying to find out the artist that I wanted to be in. And I'm still growing now, you know, right. many years later, I'll never, you never quit learning. Right. Um, but, uh, man, I've, I put the, put the hat and the, the boots back on. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, man, this, this kind of feels normal to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I remember sitting down with my, my, my producer, uh, Greg Hunt, God rest his soul. He, he passed, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, oh, sorry to hear that. And, uh, he, uh, a great man. He, uh, I remember sitting across the table from him and he, uh, he said, man, I think you ought to put that song on this record. And I was like, no, it's already been done. Yada, yada, yada. It's, uh, and, and literally, you know, disagreeing with, with, with this man that's had Grammys, right. you know, <laughs> right. and, uh, Leanne rhymes, all the blue records. I mean, that, that was Greg Hunt, you know, and, um, he said, son, let me tell you something. He said, there's a lot of people that went ahead and heard that song. He said, but the rest of the world hadn't heard Josh Moore. Right. And I was like, okay. He goes, why don't you let the rest of the world enjoy it? And I was like, wow. I didn't, I didn't think of it like that. I, I thought the song was done and what little audience that I'd already played to, uh, you know, they they had heard it, you know. They heard it once. They heard it a thousand times. And Greg was like, "No, man, you ain't you ain't even you ain't touching the end of the iceberg yet," you know. So we recut it, and the song gained a whole new life. I mean, yeah. it's like uh, I actually watched the song be reborn right in front of my eyes. And the production on on those on the on the songs, and you know, heck, we come a long ways from even even that to now, but. Um, I'll never forget him saying that to me. Um, you know, the rest of the world ain't heard you, son. So yeah. let's give her another go. And um, man, it's it's still hard whiskey is still one of one of the top streaming songs on on everyone's playlist right now. Um, and I mean, I don't know how to get into all that technical stuff. I don't know exact numbers and all, but um, man, it's to, to write a song that many years ago and, and still have the folks in the front row every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night singing the words back to you, that, that says something, you know, um, that you, you know, you did a, you did a dang good job writing a, writing a tune. Um, and that was, that, I've always joked with folks and they, they pick at me and they're like, there's no way that's the first song you ever wrote. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And, uh, hell it's still with me. So, uh, I thank the Lord for that every day. Yeah. And, and, you know, <clears throat> kind of on a side note, uh, you know, 2012, uh, I was actually, I was diagnosed with a, uh, congenital disorder that, uh, that I, I never knew I had, but long story short, it's an iron overload thing. And it, it really, really affected me. I mean, physically physiologically i mean emotionally everything it was pretty devastating and it was i had to go through treatment for about three years and it's one of the things man through that whole time when i discovered your music it was, it was really a powerful force for me just to the you know just the pleasure i got from listening to your music and 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 it just made me feel connected to the cowboy world and it it, it, was, a, it was a huge transition in my life so 
uh, you know, and, 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 I, and just listening to your music had a huge impact on that. And what's funny is just, I mean, just yesterday, I mean, it's, you know, it's 110 here in Arizona, and I'm, I'm heading down the 60, and I, I, I turn on your music, and I, you know, that Ram truck's got a super nice Alpine stereo in it, and when Hard Whiskey comes on, I still, man, I, I literally, the hair stands up on my arms, you know, <laughs> it, it really does, you know, and uh, uh, still to this day, and it's like, it's like hearing it for the first time every time, and, and, and all your music, I mean, your music just goes on and on, it goes so deep, and we'll talk more about that, but yeah. I just, I, I just, I just love it, and, and uh, one of the things, too, that's so cool about, you know, music, and, and, and a lot of your songs is, just some of the lines, like one line in particular just sticks out, honesty and faithful can't fit in a dress that tight. I mean, <laughs> dude, that's like, it's just, it, it's amazing. Anyway, I know I'm rambling, but. Uh, man, it's, it's bringing back old memories because, uh, you know, uh, me and a, a, a friend of mine, Craig, uh, we wrote that song in a, in a studio, and it was kind of one of those things that it was like, hey, man, uh i'm gonna i'm gonna come over today to the studio and and we're gonna write a song <laughs> and he's like all right man i've always i've always wanted to write with you you know he was he was a, a songwriter as well you know and um we got in the room and he was like well you know song topic what do you want to do and uh you know, I, I told him this story about being in a bar room one time and man, I, I don't ever I, I don't ever write songs that, you know, are degrading to women. I, I just I don't do that. But right. I mean this this one just kinda came out of out of nowhere and I was like, Man, I seen this gal walk in and had a big old rock on her hand but she didn't care who bought it for her, you know, and she she was just out there having a good time and um it's like, oh man, I've I've seen that same thing. So I mean, it, it it's like it, it kind of took off. And I remember he was like, man, what's that? What's the line right here? And I was like, honesty and faithful can't fit in a dress that tight. <laughs> and we both about fell on the floor, you know. And uh, because I mean, in in my head, I'm watching this this gal dance around the bar, and you know, this kind of thing. And, <laughs> and it's it's crazy because we wrote it about this bad girl, you know, and, right. and, and when we play it live, the women go nuts and they're <laughs> like, Oh my God, that's my song. And I'm like, cool, whatever, man. I'm glad <laughs> you all enjoy that song. But, um, man, that, that was one of those that it, it really, really was never supposed to see the light of day, you right. know? <laughs> and, and, People just, I, I guess it's just that driving, you know, that, that, that freaking rhythm that Carol put on there. John Carroll, he's one of my guitar players. And, uh, man, he just, I told him, I was like, I don't want no cookie cutter stuff. I want you to go out there and sling the iron to it. And he sure enough, man, he, he put some stuff on there that guys have had a lot of trouble over the years playing. So, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun song that me and Craig wrote. And, uh, Honesty and faithful can't fit in a dress that tight. Yeah, that that those will uh, that will forever be embedded in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> How many? I wrote, I wrote half that song on a bar napkin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So and the other thing too is your just your style of music and 
and uh, you know your influences. Uh, I, I want to talk about that a little bit because Keith Whitley, man. I mean, my brother and I, we we just we loved Keith Whitley and uh, Earl Thomas Connolly back then in the day. And I mean, I remember. I mean, I mean, I remember when Keith Whitley died, you know, and mm-hmm. that line in that song, ain't been a new song on the jukebox since old Keith Whitley died, you know, and that yeah. just really strikes a, you know, pun intended, strikes a chord with me, you know, and, uh, and I just, the way you pay tribute to him and, and, uh, and then Vern Gosden too. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people probably don't know Vern Gosden, you know, but I mean, when, <laughs> the, then, voice, when, man. the <laughs> voice, exactly. And then that one was in there and I, I grew up, you know, uh, Around all them guys in construction and and in uh, all those songs and and and, and uh, it just again it just brings back all these memories. But the way you know you write it and the way your music is done, it's just uh, it's just your own stuff and it's just so cool and it's just so I, I just I it's just so you know relevant and current, man. I mean it's just I I just love it. Well, you know they they. Uh... <laughs> I used to, you know, playing the music that I played, we were, we were kind of, we were pigeonholed as, uh, traditional country music. Right. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, well then I started doing more interviews and it turned into neo traditional country music. And I'm like, where'd the neo come from? You know? Um, and I mean, we're we're country music with an edge. We have still guitar in our songs, which you really don't hear anymore. But uh, man, <laughs> the stuff that that I gravitated to whenever I was younger um, and still still love, um, those were good songs. Yeah, I mean, those were good songs. Those are songs that I've been told by people. You play music that we miss. And not that I'm playing old music. Mm-mm. It's there's a little bit of influence in, in their, their music that comes out in mine. Right. Um, because I hone, I hone my skills on, on every Vern record, every Whitley record, every Travis trip, you know, I mean, those guys like that, Earl Thomas, I mean, Merle Haggard, George Jones, Chestnut, Bird, I mean, all these guys, man, were just, those were my guys that I listened to. And I lived by that music. I eat, sleep, breathe music whenever I was young, man. I mean, I, I remember going going to sleep. I had the CD player with the headphones or, or, the, or the cassette player. I would put that tape on and put my earphones and go to bed. I'd listen to that record. And, you know, my, my grandma used to get mad at me. She was like, you know, you can remember every freaking word off the song, off the radio (laughs) or off this record, but you can't, you know, your schooling has to come first and you got to get that down. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to go to school. You know, I want (laughs) to, I like country music and, and I like bucking horses, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I just there, you you don't realize how much an artist has that 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 grip on you, that influence, man, until you start cutting your own records and you start seeing a little bit of, man, that was you know, um, a little bit of Vern there, that 
that that that swell right there that was because i heard that on a daryl singletary song god, right. god rest his soul man yeah um that 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 was uh that's why that's why i cut my record this way you know because so and so did it and i liked the way it sounded not that i wanted to copy their record or 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 copy one of their songs i mean i can i can tell you right now the greatest compliment that a songwriter could ever have is someone cut their song right? or believe in their song. Um, you know, I've cut, I've cut an Earl Thomas Conley song and I've cut, um, well, Travis Keith Whitley did it first. Travis Tritt did it later, uh, between an old memory and me. Right. I've cut those songs and it's not, I wanted to cut them as a cover song. I wanted to cut it, because I believe in that song. I believe that, you know, songs like that should still be played on the radio or, or, you know, listen to in your pickup truck. And, you know, when I cut that song, it was like, all right. Uh, and I think I gave it enough time. You know I mean? These are songs that were cut way back in the day. Some folks they'd hear them. They wouldn't even know it was a, was a trip song or, or Earl Thomas Conley song, but every single night, I tell them who cut that song right. and who recorded that song because I'm proud of it, right. you know, because that's what I took away from their music that made me who I am. Right. And man, I mean, when you, when you cut songs and, and, and you got, you got Earl Thomas Conley fans walking up to you in Nashville, Tennessee at the exit in or wherever and going, I was great friends with Earl Thomas Conley. Um, and, you know, he he was so passionate about his songwriting and his vocals and stuff. And they go, we see it in you. Yeah. And when you cut that song and I was like, wow, I just, that just blew me away. Um, same, same way with between an old memory and me, you know, uh, I mean, Tripp was one of those guys that was, that was in, in my musical life uh, and Whitley as well. And I was like, I've always loved that song. Why not take a gamble on it? You know, why not do it? And man, when, when, you know, heck even, even, uh, even, uh, Jesse Keith Whitley, Keith Whitley's right. son, he reached right. out and he was like, man, he did a, did a hell of a job on that song, you know, and we appreciate you always mentioning dad. And, uh, Lori had, Lori had said something about her wanting to cut which song that hard whiskey song, I think. And, uh, it, it, it's funny how everything comes together, but, right. um, but yeah, man, uh, those are the songs that, that impacted my life. I mean, um, you know, we lost Daryl uh, a few years ago and, yeah. uh, he, he was a, he was a great guy. I could, I could call him friend, you know, and, uh, I remember the first time I ever opened up for Daryl, uh, he thought I was this snot nosed kid <laughs> that, uh, who is this, you know? Why are you wanting to get on my bus and bug me? I'm trying to relax. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I would have gave, you know, I'd give anybody, you know, just to just to get up there and talk to Daryl. And uh, finally, my my buddy Snuffy Garrett that introduced me to to Daryl. Um, he was a constable over there in Waller, Texas, and uh, <laughs> he uh, he brought me up on this bus. And I'm like, you know, Mr. Daryl, it's good to meet you. And, 
you know, I've sat there and watched a song like in awe, you know, and I've already got my career going, but I mean, it's still to set, set in the audience and watch him deliver a song. And then, uh, you know, th those are songs that, 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 that I've, that I cut. And Daryl was the same way. He, he loved Keith Whitley. He loved Lefty Frizzell. He loved all these guys. That's why he sang that way. That's why I sing the way I did, Man. you know? So, um, just, just a little low, <laughs> little old background on, on kind of where it all, where it all came from, you know? Right. You know, I think too, just, and I may have mentioned this already, but I'm, when you, when you, when you did the remake, you know, of, of, of those songs, the remakes on those songs, you, I mean, I think you do them so much justice because you you make them your own. I mean, they sound like new songs almost to me, but mm -hmm. you you still know that it was recorded by these previous artists, and I, I just think that that's that's just something that uh, I think that's just a gift you got. I mean, in in terms of uh, you know how your how your music just uh, sounds. Well, it's, it's it's when uh, you're when you're an artist, uh, you have to be an artist. You know, your own your own. So. When you when you cut a song, yes, make it your own. Make make people believe that you know, hey, that's that's Josh Ward's version of that song, um, just like it was, you know, Keith Whitley's, just like it was Travis Tritch, just like it was Daryl Singletary. You know, that's their version of that song. Have your own, but always keep the meat and potatoes of where that song come from. Um, always keep those little those little things in there that steel chime here or that you know that that swell here or that vocal run there man leave those in there because that's what made you love that song you know and that's always have man um uh, i cut uh i cut a song on the record um the 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 newest record we had out uh, more than i deserve the title track and when it opens up, it, it opens up to the to the lead ride. And it does this big, we call it a beluga whale. It's like, <laughs> the reason I put that on there is because there's a song called Real Estate Hands that Daryl Singletary did. And I like that. And I put that on there. And that was uh, when I cut that record. Um, that was uh, a few weeks after Daryl had passed. And it was like, I, I was just so, so immersed and soaked into, you know, what my buddy had done over his career. And here I am putting out this record and just very influential of, man, I want to, I want to pay homage to one of my buddies, you know? Right. So <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's kind of where, where all that stuff, there, there's a reason. There's a method behind the madness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Now, did, when did you when did you know you could sing? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's a certain amount of talent and there's a gift with the voice. Uh, but then, of, of course, you work on it and stuff. But when was the first time you realized I can sing? Well, I, I was raised in a a Southern Baptist church. Uh, my great grandmother went to, she had me in church choir about four years old. And, uh, you know, uh, there was always music going on around the house, whether it'd been my great grandmother's gospel stuff or my grandpa's and my uncle's listening to Haggard and Jones or, 
or my cousins listening to hair metal. You know, right. I mean, heck, I've I knew who Motley Crue and and Cinderella and all those guys were. I mean, this is a very young age. Uh, Van Halen. I mean, I had all this music going on around me, and uh, I was just a sponge. I mean, I, I soaked it up. That my uncle will tell you, he's like, anywhere you were going, you were always, you know, humming a tune or or something like that. But um, I, I remember going to my buddy's house. He had this. This was years later, about eighth grade, man. Uh, I sang in the talent show at school. Uh, I sang Cowboy's Toughest Ride by Clay Walker in the talent show, and I won. <laughs> and uh, that was the first thing that I ever got out of music was a trophy. <laughs> and uh, I remember my buddy, Sonny Faulkner, he, he, he played guitar. His whole family played, you know, and he had this fire engine red Fender Stratocaster that I thought was the coolest thing I'd ever laid eyes on. And I was like, man, I want to learn how to play guitar. And he's like, all right, we'll go, go get you a guitar. And I'll, I'll teach you a couple chords. And, you know, uh, Uncle Randy, he'll teach you a couple chords too. And uh, my uncle went down and bought me a old pawn shop guitar. It, a, it actually said all-star pawn in, in the, in the <laughs> middle of it. And he said, uh, he said, you learn how to play that guitar and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get you a better one. I said, all right. I went over there to Sonny's every day after school, man. And I'm learning G, C and D and wondering how, why my fingers won't move this way. Right. And, uh, you know, it just country music kind of just came out of me. Once I learned that was like, I can put this and that together and, and start singing. I mean, I kind of found my own, my own voice, you know? So, uh, they're like, what song you want to, what song you want to learn? And I was like, Merle Haggard, by God, you know, I want to, I'm a Merle Haggard fan. So, um, I learned today I started loving you again. And I, I went home and, and played that for my uncle and he goes, all right, get in the truck. And he took me over there to Conroe Music Store and bought me a, it was a, it was a red Washburn guitar. It had all the wood grain in it and stuff. Right. I still got that old guitar somewhere, but, uh, man, I started playing, started, uh, when, when my, when my, my rodeo little bit of career that I had in that, you know, riding bucking horses, you know, my first audience was my, my buddies, my hauling partners. Right. And, uh, <laughs> they were pretty rough on me. Cause I, I, uh, you know, I was still trying to string stuff together and, um, uh, they, they tell me, God, man, either learn how to play that thing or put it up, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I started getting a little better and playing on the, playing on the tailgates of, of trucks, you know, and we'd sit around and we'd drink beer after the rodeos and pick songs. And, uh, seems like there's a few other guys coming up doing the, doing the same thing. And, um, it's kind of cool to watch him do that too. I mean, that, I was like, man, I used to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, I, I've always sang. You know, I've, I've always sang, and, and music's always been around. Uh, as far as like developing my own style, it just kind of happened. Yeah. Uh, like I said, you get influenced by so many of those guys that that were good vocally. 
Right. Um, and I ain't toot my own horn by any means, man. I mean, I I listen to some of the best in the world. You know, I mean, who in the heck can sing like Vernon Gosden? I I don't. I hadn't heard too many people that can do that. <laughs> but um, it just it just kind of started coming out. And, uh, heck, I met met my wife, and she uh, she told me she said if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, you need to do this. Cause I was farting around playing little, <laughs> little beer joints here and there. And <clears throat> I mean, heck I played with a, with a band called Southern breeze for a long time. They were like a bunch of dads to me, man. They were older and, uh, man, they just played the music that I really liked. And, right. Um, I guess they took a shine to me and seen something that, that, that I guess I wasn't seeing. And they ended up firing me and I was like, what am I getting fired for? And they're like, well, you need to go and start your own deal, man. You're good. You need to do that. I was like, well, I don't want to go nowhere. I want to stay right here and keep playing George Jones and straight and haggard with all you guys. And I was happy playing the VFWs and the Elk Lodge and, you know, the county fair and stuff like that. I thought that was cool, man. And they kicked me out of the nest. Um, <laughs> you know, and I had to, I went and put a band together, you know, I went, I went and sought these guys out that were playing in these bar bands. And I was like, Hey man, I want to start something. And I, I don't have anything. I ain't got any money. I don't have a record. All I got is a guitar and I've got a head full of songs and I know how to sing these guys real good. And I was like, if you guys like that, then let's go do it. And I'm putting my first band together and Dude, we we ripped and run up the roads in Texas, and we thought we were on the road. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, and we played we played every beer joint dive from from here to Oklahoma City, yeah. and I mean it was it was rough. I mean, we would cram in a in a four door pickup truck and a single wheel trailer that we had borrowed from somebody's dad to haul this monstrous PVPA system that was like from the seventies <laughs> to, to this show, unload all this heavy gear, like, like break back breaking stuff. Right. And go play a show and we might make 500 bucks, man. And it was like, yeah, we played a show and people were there and they liked it. And it just kept on and on. And I'm like, I don't know why I stuck with it. I have no idea of, you know, uh, it's just that it's that thing. It's kind of like rodeo. And I mean, it's, it's a, it's a thing that just pulls you down the road. Right. And I didn't even know what we were getting into then, you know, and then, then it was like, all right, we played a little bigger County fair, you know, we played a, we played a private party. The first time I made a thousand dollars playing a show, I about fell over, man. I mean, I <laughs> thought like that's the most money that I'd ever made. Right. Um, and people are actually paying us to do this. Um, I, I can't tell you kind of how the big break happened or even, even if there was a big break, it was just, you know, I've always said, all grit, no quit. You know, I've never quit in anything. Um, 
people just started showing up and 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 letting us play um and then somebody said hey you need a you need a booking agent um all right we we self-booked ourselves for years man and i got this booking agent and they're sending me everywhere and i'm like god why why do we have to go this far <laughs> so i mean everything you know everything happens for a reason but i mean it man it was, it's still a whirlwind even now even even that we think that we have everything figured out you know we're gonna go get on the bus thursday night we're gonna go a b and c we're gonna come home on sunday evening or we're gonna come home two weeks later you know right all of that is still a whirlwind and it takes an army to to put one of these shows together and hold a hold a band together on the road i mean you know tour managers and booking agents and accountants and all man i if he'd have told me that long ago that all this would have happened i'd have said you're crazy as the day is long <laughs> um because it it's still i wake up monday morning i'm like i'm like all right it's like groundhog day almost uh, except you get to go play music doing it. Um, I'm like, man, this is, this is so weird. Like I don't have a day job and, um, there's a lot of cats that w would like to be in the position that me and a lot of other good dudes are in. And yeah. it's, if you want it, it's there. You can go get it, right. but it's going to take a lot of heartache in between to go get it. I mean, we did we didn't hit on that. We just hit on all the cool stuff. But I mean, man, this this life that we lead. I mean, I, I wrote, I sang about it in a song. It's not for the faint of heart, man. Right. It, you you either love it, or, or it's going to eat you alive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like going and going and strapping yourself on a bull or a bucking horse, or going down the road rodeoing you know the life is going to eat you up yeah one of these days you're going to get hurt it's not if or, or you know how bad it's when and the music life's the same way you eat sleep breathe it live it every single day and it's not for the faint of heart man it yeah. takes a special special group of guys to go do it and it takes a special family and support system behind those guys to let them go do it yeah. So, sorry if I rambled a little bit. Not at all. Not at all. Man. No, I, I absolutely love it. Let's um, let's talk about uh, rodeo a little bit. So, you rode some bucking horses. Um, yeah, a few of them. <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, how long did you, How long did you do that for? I did it for a few years, man. It wasn't uh, my my rodeo career wasn't as glamorous as my buddies were. <laughs> um, you know, I started out rodeoing in high school, region nine, and, uh, we were on up and down the roads on the weekends and hitting all these high school shows and stuff. And some of the open shows whenever we could, um, and, um, whenever we think we get lucky, you know, um, but man, we, we'd skip school on Thursdays and go get on practice bulls. And, you know, I, I've, I got on them just because my buddies did. Um, and I wanted to 
just be there, you know. Right. So um, the the bull riding career was was short lived. I rode all the way through high school, but after that, I was like, nah. I got I had a few pretty good wrecks that that made me stop, but right. um, you know, I never I, I wasn't good at it. I did it because right. my buddies did it, you know. And, right. um, I mean, I get lucky and get a check every once in a while, but man, I made it look ugly, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, all my other friends, you know, they they went on. They they're great guys now. I mean, they they rodeoed all their life. And I kind of took a different path. But I mean, as far as riding bucking horses, man, that was something that nobody down here around this area really did. Um, you had to go up north to get on good horses and um <laughs> man it was uh it was one of them things that you know we'd get on old retired race horses for practice that had a backbone <laughs> sticking out about that far wasn't comfortable to ride and, uh you know i was i was kind of the odd man out but and uh, i had a i had a lot of fun doing it um you know my my boy he's 14 now and He's like, man, I want to ride bucking horses. I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. You don't want to. You don't want to beat yourself up that bad. Um, <laughs> but he's uh he's pretty handy. He, he's a. Uh, he'll be. He, he's gonna be a better cowboy than I ever thought about being. Uh, he can set a horse good, and he can rope. And I said, you got a pretty swing, and you can set a horse. I said, there ain't no sense in you getting on a bucking horse. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, man, he, matter of fact, this evening, as soon as we, uh, we get, get what we get done outside, uh, we got a little rope and as soon as the sun goes down, it cools off a little bit. We'll go rope. Uh, I'm trying to, trying to send him on his way of, uh, him, him wanting to rodeo. And, you know, I, I told him, I was like, man, I'll, I'll support you. I didn't, I didn't have a support system growing up rodeo. It was right. me in a rigging bag and and my buddies, you know, right. and I told him, I was like, man, I've, I want to be that dad that's there and, you know, pushes you to go to the finals and, and, and all that. I mean, they're, they're doing pretty good. He's ranch rodeo now and, um, they're all going to the finals here in a few weeks. They were, uh, they were setting, they were setting fourth place the other day and, um, they had him a, a pretty bummed up rodeo the other night, uh, calf, you know, they, they go in the mugging and this is probably some of the most waspiest cattle that we've seen in a while. And, uh, they go over there to go tie and man, that calf run over all four kids. And <laughs> he stuck all four feet in Jason's back, kicked him in the back of the head. And he was like, man, I still love it. I was like, well, <laughs> you, you got about that much of me in, in you, because if you can do all that, and you still love it. Then, and yeah, you, you, you're going to be all right. You know, pop always said, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's kind of a family thing. My wife hauls into rodeos when, when I'm not here. And, uh, you know, she, she, uh, she did, um, she was always around cattle and stuff and, and livestock and stuff like that when she was growing up. So it's kind of a, kind of a family thing to, to go on but yeah i mean i i wouldn't trade anything in the world going down the road with some of your best buds um hauling to a show whether you're broke um 
and Lord knows most of the time we were. Um, and, uh, you know, that's some of the best memories that I'll ever have. Um, you know, I, I, I remember the first time that in my music career, I went back to a place that, that I rodeoed at, um, besides the county fair that we always had, but, we were in Campwood, Texas. They had, it was the 4th of July rodeo, every 4th of July in Lakey. Well, you know, we go out there as kids and the car breaks down and we're not mechanics and mom had to come save us and we fell off and, and you know, didn't have any money and scared to death that we we're going to have to wash dishes or something and get a job somewhere. But, um, years later I come back and I play the street dance that we went to that night after the 4th of July rodeo. And, uh, me and my wife were walking down the street and I told her, I was like, I, we stayed in that hotel right there. I said, we, we thought that, that we had everything because we had a hotel room and right. it was an old, old old hotel room with a screen door for your for your door and a box fan in the window and man we we thought we were living the life man we were on the road rodeo and and going back and seeing these places now where i'm at in my career it's like man that was that was so cool but now i get to live on this other side of it you know um i get to i get to play for the folks that are standing in the arena now, you know, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird, but, uh, you know, she, she's like, man, you're getting a little emotional. I was like, man, that, that brought back some good memories. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Absolutely. yeah, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world for sure. Hey, so, um, how about, uh, this, uh, your live album from, from Billy Bob's mm-hmm. that just came out amazing. And, and you, you were guys were celebrating. What were you celebrating on that again? Was it 50? Um, yeah, we were, we were the 50th artist to record live at Billy Bob's. That's Number what it was. 50. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, you grow up and it kind of goes back into one of them old rodeo stories too. I mean, we, we used to ride bucking bulls at Billy Bob's and I mean, we were kids. We were right. 16, 17, 18 years old and trying to go sneak in the back door of right. Billy Bob's, you know, um, they, Ricky Smith probably killed me if I told this story, but you know, we got off our bull one night and, uh, we all, you know, we went up to Fort Worth. We were, we were gonna, we were gonna go to Cowtown and and, and get it down, you know. And yeah, uh, right. we poke our head in the back door. I think I was seventeen years old, and uh, <laughs> go dude standing there. He goes, "Y'all boys riding out?" And I said, "Yes, sir." He said, well, "Y'all going in there and have you a good time then?" We <laughs> walked through the through the doors of Billy Bob's. I'll never forget it, man. And I was like, I thought that. That was the biggest – at the time, that was the biggest place that I'd ever been in. Right. Um, and, man, I'm, you know, we're, we're these cocky little turds, you know, walking in there. And, <laughs> um, you know, I still got my pants tucked in my boots. And, you know, I reach up and I grab this peacock feather out of this vase on the wall. Grab that peacock feather out and I jam it down in my hat. And 
<laughs> we were pretty we were pretty raunchy man we were we we were good kids but we were we wanted to be the cowboys you know right right so i went in there man i thought i was hot stuff walking around that big old peacock feather hanging out of my hat and, you know <laughs> dancing with girls that were five times our age and <laughs> it was it was it was so cool man uh and then going back and playing Billy Bob's once again, going back to where I'd been before, before the music ever happened, right. um, standing on that stage was like, I remember walking into Billy Bob's and me playing guitar and sitting on a tailgate and going, that's a big stage right there. One of these days I want to be right there. That's, that's what I want to go do. Right. And I spent a lot of years of watching guys at Billy Bob's, you know, going to shows and, and watching them be on stage and being, being a, you know, 50 feet away from the stage, never getting to, to be by it, to getting to walk out there and be the 50th artist to record a live at Billy Bob's standing on stage in front of a big crowd. I mean, that's pretty full circle to me. You know I mean? I've, I, I, uh, I can honestly tip my hat to to that right there. So yeah, you know, and uh, the other thing too is it is it, the production of it is so good as well. On top of it, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I I took that uh, I took the record. We recorded it live. Had all right. the the sound stuff. Uh, Rick Smith and all the boys are so good at doing that. Um, recording live at Billy Bob's and. You know, I've always recorded at uh, Rosewood Studios in Tyler with Greg Hunt, which I mentioned earlier. Um, I was like, can I take this to our studio that I work at and mix it down? They're like, you can do whatever you want to. That's your record. That's right. your that's your space and time right there. And I was like, cool. Well, I took it to Greg. And uh, he's like, man, this is one hands down before we even work on things. He said, right. this is one of the best sound and live records that I've ever heard. And yeah. and Greg knows his stuff. And uh, I was like, well, here's the deal. I don't want to take this record and jazz it up so much that it doesn't sound like a, a live record. I want, I want it to have that feel of the rawness of that live record. Yeah. And he goes, all right. He goes, we'll just make sure everything matches up. And for the most part, we didn't do too much work on that record as far as production on it. We took what we had, which I can tell you right now, my guys in my band are some great musicians. They yeah. they go out yeah. there and they play their butts off every night. I took a great band and I took a great stage, a great crowd, and great energy, and I, uh, we put that record together. You know, um, I think I went in there, and I'm, I might have fixed. I think I fixed the guitar part on, right. on it, um, just beginning issues there. Um, but for the most part, the record's what it is, and yeah. and and that's another thing that I, I can be proud of is like we didn't go in there and just. We we took rawness from the stage and put it on the track and 
and then went and went and mixed it. You know, went and mixed levels to where they sound good. Um, that Billy Bob's was cool, man. I, I can honestly say I've got my face on a Billy Bob's record um, after seeing Merle Haggard. I mean, anybody. I mean, God, man, I've seen so many cool shows at Billy Bob's, and then to have have my own was was something else, you know. Um, yeah. It's a real I, milestone. Oh, definitely. I mean, and, and heck, I, I still don't know how to soak it all in. You know, I mean, uh, walking up that night, I remember coming out of the green room and you go upstairs to walk out on the stage. And I was like, I remember saying my prayer before I walked out there. I was like, Lord, just, just let me let me get through this. Like, <laughs> let me, let me do a good show. Um, cause I've worked so hard to get right here, you know, and I don't want to screw nothing up. And, uh, if there's anybody that can, it's me. <laughs> I was like, just let me, let me, uh, you know, let me go out there and do good. And God, man, the guys played flawless. I mean, yeah. it was like everything just rolled right in and, You'd probably hear me hooting and hollering a little bit on the on the record, but that gum. I mean, I I was so excited, you know. I was uh, it was it was like a ball of ball of energy on stage, man. That that I've never had before. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe I knew it was getting recorded, or or maybe it was the place and time. But man, it it was just so cool that that we got to capture um, lightning in a bottle. If yeah. you would, um, and then I got I, I got to have my boy sing on it too. So he came out and sang some promises. He's uh, he's still trying to find his way uh, in the in the music music place. He uh, he plays and plays guitar and sings a little bit. But I was like, do you know how cool that is? What you just did? And he's like, yeah, that is pretty cool. I was like, I don't think you know just yet. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You, you get to play, and man, he went out there and hammed it up too. Man, he was like pumping his hands, and people were, heck, people were going nuts, man, over him. And I was like, I need to start bringing you on shows a lot more. <laughs> uh, get get the crowd hyped up again. Man, he's played live at Billy Bob's. Um, he's did uh, he's did sold out shows with me at Green Hall there in Texas, and uh, it's pretty cool to watch him watch him come up and, and his musical influences. And I mean, uh, he, he loves, he loves the same stuff that I do, you know, Whitley and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he, he's breaking into his own though. He's listening to a lot of Tyler Childers and, and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, Hey man, you, you carved your own way. You know, you ain't gotta be just like that. You listen to what you want to. And, um, but every time we're in the truck, it seemed like he'll put on some old, man, that, that old record, that, that 97 record of, of Daryl Singletary's, that's my favorite. Right. To hear your 14-year-old kid say that, that's that's something. So, um, but yeah, he's he's coming a long ways. He's in there probably sleeping still. I don't <laughs> know what time it is. He's, uh, he, he's loving the homeschool life right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt no doubt so hey you got some shows coming up here you, you oh, say yeah. here. yeah we've uh 
we've we've got some shows. You know, we've we finally it's kicking back off around here. You know, with the whole crazy COVID stuff yeah, and then shutting yeah. the world down and all. But yeah, um, we I think we played like six shows in five months, and then you know August is starting to look look pretty good. I mean, we're we got three shows a week and. That's good, um, but but we, it's kind of one of the things like, hey, they're on the books, but we don't know until the week goes. You know, they right. can they can cancel it next week, but uh, things are starting to pick up, and um, I know that folks are really really hungry to get back out to shows. Um, yeah. You know, I was doing the I was doing the live uh, Instagram lives and facebook lives there for a while from the barn and uh, you know people were loving them i mean we've, we've got some of the greatest fans in the world i mean right. loyal fans that that love our music and support us and all that i mean we uh, i mean we couldn't have made it through without them you know um, right. but the shows are starting to come back and um i'm looking looking forward to to get getting to be back on the road because um, yeah. it's uh i think that's where my place is you know you right. when you when you find your place in life and where you're supposed to be it's it's kind of hard to step away from it when you've been there so long um and when your wife tells you i think you need to get back on the road because <laughs> 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 you've had too much time at home um but, <laughs> I think we've got just about everything done around the house as far as chore wise and uh, now it's time to now it's time to go go get, get it. Back, so. Get back to work, huh? Yeah. Hey, so um do you have a uh favorite brand of uh cowboy hats? Yes. I uh I'm, well I'm actually wearing wearing their shirt, standard hat oh, works. Yeah. Um you know, Cameron has been good to me for for many many years um uh, he builds all my he builds all my my felt hats for me um i wear i wear american straws though um and it's uh you know he's one of those guys that that he he believed in me a long time before i was anything you know and was building hats for me and you know so my my loyalty to to standard hat works is one of those things that um, it's kind of like riding for the brand, right? Um, you know, you got, you got somebody that's that loyal to you and, and does you that good, um, and, and believed in you for a lot of years. Um, yeah. man, he, uh, he builds a good hat and I'm, uh, you know, and I, I'm always a fan of American. I mean, heck, I know all those guys. I love all of them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And they're they're like, hey, what hat you been wearing? I was like, it's not here. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, man, those those are my those are my favorites. I, I love a good old American straw hat. So. Yeah, absolutely. How about boots? You got a favorite brand? Yeah, um, we're we're endorsed by a, a boot company called Finolio Boots. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're out in Nakona, Texas. Uh, Mr. James. It, They've been real good to us. Uh, they they took a chance on me a long time ago and was like, "Hey man, we like your music. Let me build you a set of boots." I said, "All right." Well, started 
making me boots and we finally finally got some right and uh, they ended up outfitting all the boys in the band with boots and uh, they're just a they're I run with like-minded people right. um, you know that that are just good people um, and 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 James Finolio and his his wife Mitzi and their family I mean they're just they are those people yeah. they they call me you know not hey what what do you need you know they they call me up and go hey man how how you been doing you, you doing all right do, do you need anything from us and I'm like you know especially during the whole craziness pandemic stuff but I was like man I just you know just just be there as a person and they were like well we got you back however you need to however you need to do it and, um you know they've been a great great sponsor of mine and and uh they sponsor jace as well as standard as well they they sponsor him and all his rodeos and stuff uh, you know they like i said i like to i like to do business with like-minded people absolutely so. you bet how about cowboy movies? You got a favorite cowboy movie? Man, that, there's so many of them. I love westerns. <laughs> yeah, I, I can. I literally could could put on. I forget what it, whether it's Paramount or HD or something like that. It, it's a cowboy channel. INSP. That, INSP. That's right. Yep. yep. I mean, Gunsmoke. You know, yeah. the Rifleman. <laughs> I mean, anything. I mean, yeah. I could watch westerns all day. Um, yeah. Cowboy movies, uh, man. I mean, obviously, you know, you got your tombstones and and open range, and I mean, I'm, you know, uh, I like Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I'm hoping and praying that one of these days they'll play some Josh Ward on Yellowstone. Yeah, in that they, episode. <laughs> yeah, they need, they need to make that happen, huh? But uh, man, I, I mean. I, I like, uh, I've always, I was raised around it, you know, cowboy movies and cowboy shows and, you know, he's going to go to, to, to grandma and grandpa's house and a Western was going to be on, uh, you know, Heather's down. I can go to the farm. I guarantee you right now I can walk in that house and there will be a Western on. So, um, and my kids the same way, Jace, man, he, he'll sit down if a Western's on. It's like he'll see it on TV and he'll just go sit down <laughs> and, and and watch it. And I'm like, dude, you're so much like me. Uh, but yeah, I, I love I love old cowboy movies. I mean, Lonesome Dove was I I, I watched how many episodes? Is that thirteen, I think. Thirteen episodes. Uh, I, uh, I I I live by by that, you know. Um, as far as earlier on was was lonesome dove before there was ever a tombstone or anything like that right, lonesome right. Dove. yeah uh, no doubt no but. doubt hey so you got your guitar there you, you gonna play us a little something or yeah man i can uh i can play you something uh so i i, I wrote this song with a, a friend of mine white mccubbin uh had a lot of influence on this last record that i did is that too loud? No, I think you're okay. Okay. Um, we went. Up, I went up to Selma, Ohio. That's where that's where Wyatt's family and them's from. And 
man, I'd cut some of his songs on a on a record before, and I was like, man, this dude's a real deal. So I want to go right with him. Flew up there. There's about three foot of snow on the ground. And, uh, we got to writing these songs, and it was the last day of writing. And uh, they said, hey man, let's write a song that tells a little bit about you. You know what what you're about. And uh, I was like, well, I bet you'd be short and sweet if we did. <laughs> uh, but uh, he he said, sit down here and tell me tell me what it's like to be a cowboy. And I was like, yeah. Or, and and I and I consider myself, yes, I'm a cowboy. But man, some of these guys they work ranches and stuff. So I mean, it, there's, there's a lot there's a lot of different ways to be a cowboy. But uh, yeah. He, uh, I just started kind of talking, and he said, "I think I got it." And I was like, "What? What? What are you thinking?" He's like, "What about a cowboy can?" And I was like, "Man, I don't know if I like it. It just sounds too cliche." And uh, I went and got me a cup of coffee, and I come back, and uh, he said, "Just start talking, and I'm gonna start writing." And you know, I got on the topic of you know. Just what it's like running down the road, what it's like being a cowboy. I mean, you can be a cowboy in so many different ways. I mean, you can be a lawyer and be a cowboy. You know, you can be a, you can be a construction worker, right? a, a long-haul truck driver and be a cowboy. You know I mean? It's those guys that that go in and, and whether it's sling. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's my lab. Hush up, G. Uh, come here. Sorry. Hey, Dad's doing the podcast. Quit. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've I've often said that uh, that you know it's 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 what you do. It's how you hold yourself accountable. It's 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 what you do. You go out there and you give it all that grit, and whatever you're doing, whether it's slinging a saddle over a horse's back, putting a three piece suit on, or wearing a hard hat for a living. Right. Um, so this is a. Uh, this is the song that, that we came up with. I hope you like it. It's called A Cowboy Kid. I've many folks to talk to strong. Let alone show up and walk along. Grab a hold of that rope. Hand in a hair. Snap that guitar on. Most folks jump off when times get tough. You don't get this way from backing up. Not everyone can hang on time. Cowboy King. Cowboy King. Turn his collar up high, put his back to the wind, slang that saddle on again. Nice get though, highway never ends. Not many folks can live this life. Cowboy King, I would 
hurting when she's so afraid to call. Cause I know it ain't for everyone. Most folks might try to look hard. We don't do this just for fun. It's every part of who I am. I got no good money in my bank. Ain't an easy way to make a buck. Awesome, brother. <laughs> Thanks, man. Love that song. That's uh that's kind of the kind of the code that I live by, man. Yeah. Love it. And now and now we've got it recorded on the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So hey, if um best places for people to follow you. If if you go to uh, you know all the social media outlets as far as like uh, you can go to um, Instagram where I'm on Instagram there and that's that's kind of where um, people can get get me you know right. um, I don't we have a Facebook page and all that kind of stuff but um, my interaction is uh, is Instagram uh, Josh Ward Music um, there's only one of me. I have a blue check mark beside my name. <laughs> so um, there, uh, they can go check out the check out the website, uh, joshwardmusic.com. Um, you know, we're on any any place that you can stream music, Apple, Spotify, any any of those. You can you can look me up and find me there. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, uh, I have a lot of folks that that get with me on Instagram, and that's kind of where I do all my all my deer hunting and fishing and, and right. my, the, the normal things that, that I do. And, um, you know, kind of my, that's my, that's my normal life, you know, me, right. me, me getting to do what I love to do besides, uh, music. So, uh, but yeah, they can check us out there and, uh, come be our friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Josh, hey man, I, I really appreciate taking the time and, and and coming on and just sharing with everybody. And and again, I know I've uh, maybe I've belabored the point, but dude, I just I, I love your music. Um, you know, it just it 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 makes my day on so many days. And uh, you know, and and was uh, just a huge, huge had a huge impact on me when I went through a really tough time in my life. And and uh, I just uh, I look forward to you know 
what new stuff you're going to come out with down the road and and uh, yes sir and uh, I, I need to see you in concert what i need to do that's that's the next thing i need to do you need to go well ho- hopefully we'll be up that way um you know once once everything gets ramped back up we usually try to head up to arizona at least at least once or twice um yeah. a year um we usually hit it up going going to california or hit it coming back so um and we're all over the states now but um you know hopefully we can get back up there um i got a couple of buddies going up to going up to wickenburg and doing all their opens and stuff up there and they've been they've been on me to come up and do a show up that way so um just trying to trying to get right and get get that way so yeah but uh yeah. I, I appreciate you having me on and um once again man i, I appreciate you digging the music and and supporting us, man. I, I that means the world to me. Yeah, well, I'm one of your number one fans, so just know that. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate <laughs> you it. You bet. All right, everybody. That's uh, the podcast for today, and we'll catch you on uh, on the next one. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by thecowlot.com. You've heard me talk about them on the podcast before. I had the owner Glenn Orms on the show. If you're looking for a new cowboy hat. And I know you are because you're listening to this podcast. The Cowlot is the place to go. Glenn is uh, a stickler for getting you the right fit and getting you the right shape. And customer satisfaction and service is the utmost of importance to those folks over there. So head over to thecowlot.com. Order yourself a new lid. You're going to love it. Uh, Tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Hey, cowboys and cowgirls. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Canyon Coolers. Canyon Coolers sells ridiculously cold and seriously tough roto-molded coolers. They have a lifetime warranty and long-lasting ice retention and innovative designs. As a matter of fact, you might be surprised to find out that Canyon Coolers held ice significantly longer than Yeti Tundra in a five-day ice challenge performed by CoolersOnSale.com. I recently had the CEO, Jason Costello, on the podcast, and Jason describes himself as an ice retention expert, and that's what he delivers in his uh, coolers. He's also an avid river runner and outdoorsman. Canyon Coolers sells two series of coolers, Pro Series, which is their flagship series, and then their Outfitter Series, which is their classic and original design. They range in sizes from 22 quarts to 150 quarts, and they are headquartered in Flagstaff, Arizona. So do yourself a favor. Keep your beer and your food cold. Head on over to CanyonCoolers.com. Get yourself a new cooler. And tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. I want to give a big shout-out to my wife, uh, Stephanie. Steph's just she's got a real love for people. And back in 2018, she had an idea. She wanted to start a company where she could find a way to bring hope and encouragement along with giving from the heart to others. After a couple of years of just trying to figure out and, and a lot of prayer, she finally had launched it now, and she kicked it off with uh, with a graphic tee. And this tee is called the Stacy's Tee. It's inspired by uh, her good friend Stacy, who was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. She's a single mom with five kids. So it's a really cool tea. You can go to www.perseveranceu.com, and that's the word perseverance with the letter U at .com, uh, and you can see the tea. 100% of the profits go to Stacy and her family. There's, there'll, there'll be more of these. 
inspirational teas to come. They'll be named after actual real people that are fighting the fights of life that we all have. I don't know anyone whose lives haven't been affected by cancer or some type of horrific disease or illness. So check that out. And, and if you're able to help, you get a, a great tea. And we just ask that you would keep Stacy and her family in your prayers. Not many folks can talk this talk Let alone show up and walk the walk Grab a hold of that rope With a hand in the air Or strap a guitar on Most folks jump off when times get tough But you don't get this way from backing up not everyone can hang on tight, but a cowboy can. A cowboy can, a real cowboy will turn his collar up high with his back to the wind and slang that saddle on again. I know it ain't for everyone Some folks might try to look the part But we don't do this just for fun It's every part of who I am I've got no quit running through my veins It ain't an easy way to make a buck Yeah, more can.